Hello, everyone. Obviously, it looks a little bit different here. I'm recording from my hotel room, so I guess we're going to call, call this the hotel cast. I know Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick, they have their little car casts and all that stuff. This will be um, a hotel cast, and the lighting is actually pretty freaking decent. I, I will gladly take this any day of the week, but you know, we have a lot to get into today. Kasperi Kapanen's new deal with the Penguins, two times 3.2. I'm going to get my thoughts on that, you know, what the rest of the offseason could look like, um, and all that jazz coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Elements with Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, you know, it looked like, you know, there wasn't going to be. You know, too much news today, I guess, for the Penguins, even though I was going to obviously be planning a show no matter what, until Puckpedia actually was the first to report the Kasperi Kapanen contract. So two years, $3.2 million per. $3.2 million per. Sounds familiar to you all. Well, it should. Made that in his last deal when he was in Toronto and in Pittsburgh. So he's not getting a raise. Um, he's not taking less money to stay. He is going to be making the same exact amount of money for the next two seasons. He will be a UFA at the end of this deal, um, no matter where he is, even if it's in Pittsburgh, somewhere else, if he gets traded, um, he will be a UFA no matter what. So when I saw the deal, you know, my mind immediately went to back when I think it was Bob McKenzie uh, tweeted that Derek Anglin signed, I think it was, it was like for two or three times 2.9 and <laughs> it was obviously that clip on hockey Twitter, you know, that that's per year. Uh, yes. And <laughs> they all just like laughed about it. And, you know, that's basically what I was doing. I'm like 3.2 million. I'm like, is that overall or is that per year? When I saw it was per year, I mean, I, my, my jaw dropped. I just, I couldn't believe, and I still can't believe how, how is he getting the same amount of money after what we all just watched this past season? You know, we can look at the data all day long, and I'm going to bring it up here for today's episode. You know, we can watch him play. Obviously, people have different eye tests. I totally understand that. But, you know, what this front office sees in him, I have absolutely no idea. Um, You know, I think this is, you know, way too much for someone who cannot play above the third line on a Stanley Cup contending team, we have seen him play with Evgeny Malkin. You know, sure, he was fine in 2020-2021, but he also shot 33%. You know, he, I mean, I, I believe it was 33%, you know, higher than his hour. I'm just making sure. Um, no, I'm just making sure that I'm getting this right here um, real quick. Yeah, so, you know, he his shooting percentage was a lot higher that season and I don't think, you know, enough people are talking about it. You know, sure, had 30 points in 40 games that year. But, you know, this year, barely even 30 points. And he was playing at least half of the season or trying to with Evgeny Malkin. You know, I'm I'm probably going to, you know, 
drink a shot every time he comes into the offensive zone, stops with a puck, button hooks back, looks for a pass instead of using his speed and his shot to beat defensemen and goaltenders. He was not doing that at all last season, um, and I really don't understand why. You know, we, we, we can look at the data right here, you know, compared to, you know, the 2020-2021 season where he played in 40 games compared to the whole three-year data, 119 games. This is according to Jay Fresh. So his wins of a replacement was in the 78th percentile for that one season, 2020-2021. If you combine that season, a couple others, it drops down to 46%. Even the strength offense, 38th percentile for 2020-2021, 22nd percentile for 2020 through 2022. 10% for the first one, 35 for the second one. So went up a little bit there. Power play. Went up about 40%. That's better, but penalties was not, you know, that, that, that's, you know, not really, it's whatever. But um, his finishing here is a big one, too. For that 2020-2021 season, he finished in the 93rd percentile among finishing. Outside of that, down to 68. I mean, and that's not terrible, but it's still, you know, a quarter of a difference. You know, what, what he is at this point is probably what you are going to get. You know, for some reason, I've had, you know, I mean, I've been seeing some, I guess, some Kappen and Sims saying that, well, you know, that, that was just a down year from him. And, you know, he's going to be um, so much better next year and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, is he? I'll be glad to eat my crow. But again, you know, the underlying numbers and the counting stats for him, they were not good. He looked lost playing in the Penguin system last year. I know he drives Mike Sullivan crazy, and I'm sure he probably drives the front office crazy, but it's like, you know, how are you then agreeing to bring him back? And, and not, not on a one-year prove-it deal, on a two-year deal. They're, they're expecting him to bounce back next year. Um, you know, it's just, again, it, it's too much money for someone who cannot play above the third line. You know, I would have spent my money elsewhere. Look what Nino Niederreiter got today. Two years times $4 million. I had someone in my mention say, well, you know, you're not paying taxes in, in, in uh, Tennessee. Sure. Okay. I'm sure you also can probably get him two times four in Pittsburgh. Too. I, I really don't think for Niederreiter in that case, it, it makes that much of a difference. This isn't the Matthew Kachuk situation here where he's just, you know, talking about seven different te- seven different teams where you're not paying any income tax. I think Niederreiter just took the best opportunity that was available to him, no matter if it was in a state that doesn't have income tax or if it does. Um, and the fact that he only signed for 800K more, man, you know, that, that stings. It really does. Um, I would much rather have him in this lineup compared to someone like Kapanen. Um, if I have to watch Malkin um, play over a half a season with him on his wing, um, you know, I, I might have to take matters into my own hands. And I think some others will probably have to um, as well. And, you know, I think Hextall, he's had mostly a fine offseason up until this point. But, you know, just a very curious move, a very confusing move. Um, you know, he, he should not be taking up over $3 million of this team's salary cap space. Um if you ask me, you know, I would have been more comfortable taking Danton Hine into arbitration at this point and say he gets $3 million there. Okay, rather him have it than someone like Kapanen, you know. And I know I wasn't a fan of the of the Penguins uh, qualifying Hine because he probably would get a much bigger reward. 
um, than the Penguins would like to give him. But, you know, the opposite here, the Penguins honestly should have gone to arbitration with Kapanen because there was no way the arbiter was going to rule in favor of Kasperi because of how just of how bad of a season he had. So I don't think this was good business by Hextall. I'm not a fan of this move. It, it was taking them a while to announce this. I'm like, do they have something else in the works here? Um, but, you know, they, they announced it, I think, believe like an hour after Puckpedia um, uh, officially scooped it. And, you know, I mean, this is now they officially have, if you look at their roster, 13 forwards, nine defensemen, and two goaltenders. So, you know, what they have right now, it's almost, especially when you look at their salary cap situation, which I am going to get to I'm a little later on for the show. Um, but again, you know, to wrap up this first segment, just definitely a very curious, weird decision by the Penguins. I, I really do not think you're going to see a better version of this player next year. And I would love to be wrong. I mean, you know, again, I have no problem, you know, looking like a complete fool for, you know, a player outperforming my expectations. You know, I remember when I was on the podcast, I said Cody Cece was probably not going to be that good. He comes out, has a really good season, and then gets paid by the M2 Millers. I said Mike Madison was, you know, probably not going to amount to that much. You know, he was sheltered on the bottom pairing, and he ended up having one of probably the best season of his career last year. So, you know, maybe that's in the cards for Kasperi, but, you know, the, the Penguins, they, they should have they should have spent that money elsewhere um, is, I think, the main thing. Um what I'm trying to say. So coming up here in the next segment, we're going to get into the offseason, look at the payment, salary cap situation, all of that good stuff. But before I get to that, from the people who invented Healthy and Tasty comes the latest gift here, Taste Buds. You've probably already tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love and deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. Um, they are good for you, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are all delicious. All built bars are made with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, you know, before I do get into the salary cap thing, I did notice something that I did want to talk about on the show. And, you know, it's someone, you know, I, I followed him on Penguin Twitter for a long time, Vinny Bats. Um, shout out to him for this. But, you know, he also basically, he just basically sums up how I feel. You know, on this podcast, I said, letting Heinen and Rodriguez walk, especially with the raises they were probably going to get, was the right call. Originally, I think, you know, Heinen was going to take the Penguins to arbitration, probably get three to 3.5 million. The Penguins weren't interested in doing that. Now, again, seeing what Kasperi happened got, I probably would have preferred what Heinen um, would get in arbitration. Rodriguez, he had, you know, an up and down season, but, you know, he's definitely someone that I think could make, you know, three to 3.5 million per year as well to be a contending team's third line center. He is still not signed either. I'm okay with that. But as Vinny tweets, you know, the Penguins, they didn't really sign anyone who could be the next season's version of them. And right now, even though it's July, um, making sure I have the date, July 21st, late July 21st, you know, that is inexcusable. You know, Hextall, you know, he made a living with those bargain deals 
last year. And those are the kind of deals. That is how you build a competent, good, contending bottom six. Dan Heining comes in one year, barely even making a million, has 18 goals, still unsigned. Evan Rodriguez comes back for what, what? I don't even think he got a million on that contract. Comes back, puts up 40 points, explodes in the first half. Not as good in the second half, but then has a really good playoff series. You know, there's also maybe sold an outside chance that he could come back. But, you know, two players that signed for cheap that well outperformed their expectations from the fan base. That is how you build a, a contending bottom six. And so far, what do we have this year? Drake Kajula and Josh Archibald to probably be in the minors at this point. It's just, it's weird because like, you know, it, you've, you've had the space to do some of these moves. What, what changed in the philosophy? I mean, has Ron even seen those two players play? Because they, they have not really been good at the NHL level compared to someone like a Rodriguez, like a Hunt, and who have had, you know, experience scoring double digit goals, you know, as NHL players, you know, so it's, it's just really weird. And, you know, when Ron was building, you know, the roster last year, he didn't really wait to sign Heinen and Rodriguez. Remember, Rodriguez signed day one of free agency. He, he signed back with the team after he was traded for captain when Jim Rutherford was there. And then, oh, Heinen, a couple days later, out of the blue, signs a cheap one-year deal. So, you know, and I know there's a lot of free agents still out there, but, you know, I just like, what What would the philosophy for the bottom six change? Because, you know, again, I'm a fan of everything else. I think he's done. You know, the top six is pretty freaking good. I think on a contending team, Zucker is a third liner, in my opinion. The defense, I think, is pretty solid, even though the Jan Ruda signing, like the player, you know, after seeing all these moves and trading out some of the defensemen for other defensemen, it's looking a little more confusing right now, especially because he's making $2.75 million for the next three years, even though I do, I do think he's going to play and he's going to strengthen that right side. Just definitely a little bit weird after seeing what they were doing with the defense. And now getting to my, my next point, which was the big topic for this second uh, segment, Penguins are now over the cap by almost 2 million. I believe it's 1.5 to 1.8. Um, I did say that there's probably means a move is coming, but you know, also, which might be more likely, they may try to send some bodies down to Wilkes-Barre. Um, I know Ty Smith is waiver exempt. He will not have to be, he will not have to, he will not have to clear waivers to go down. I think Drake Kajula, I believe he is waiver exempt. He can go down. He's on a two-way deal. Archibald is one way, so I think he would have to clear waivers, but you know, right there, that that's 900 K if he doesn't make the team out of camp. So I think at most you're only 900 K over the cap. And then, you know, if, if say Ty Smith doesn't make the team and I think he will make the team, he probably, I mean, they didn't get him to probably just put in the minors, you know, you can send him down. And then I think you are under the cap in that situation. So, you, you know, but I think another big thing here with this um, even though they can, you know, get out of cap trouble by not making a trade, is you know if they want to improve other areas of the roster to you know, to get that impact winger for Evgeny Malkin, I do think it's going to make that a bit tougher now. And I'll get to something in a little bit when it comes to opening more cap space that I saw from uh, Frank Sarabali. Um, I retweeted something from Mike DeFable. I'll get to that in the last segment. Actually, um, you know, it, it makes it even harder to move you know, money in and money out, especially with, you know, teams in a standstill right now. You you are very much seeing the effect 
of a flat cap during this offseason. It didn't affect it too much last year because there's a new franchise coming in, millions of dollars of revenue. You know, teams were more in than willing to you know spend some money, even though you saw a bunch of it spent on day one of free agency. But after that, been very quiet. I mean, Nazem Kadri still inside, John Klingberger, um, all these other players, just because, you know, teams that I think want those two players and other players that are unsigned, they haven't been able to move money yet. And I think for the Penguins, you know, I do think they want to make a trade to bolster their top six, but they probably haven't been able to do that because I think other teams just don't want to take on some of their contracts, you know, maybe like a Marcus Pedersen, you know, maybe say like a Jason Zucker, if he's able, if he's able to get traded, though, I do think he's probably going to stay. Brock McGinn, Brian Dumoulin, you know, maybe POJ for like a young forward in the same spot. I said, I'd be curious to see if Edmonton would ever do like a yes, equal RB for POJ deal. Um, don't think Ken Holland would be that dumb, but, you know, it's also Ken Holland <laughs> after all. But, you know, I just, you know, I just, it, it, I, I'm not as confident right now that they're going to make a move before training camp just because, you know, again, A, they're over the cap, and B, you know, teams, I just don't think they're going to want to, you know, add m- money um, at this point. You know, could be wrong. I-, I do think, you know, he's probably not done tinkering with the team. That's why I'm not really fully freaking out right now. I know the bottom six is really bad. Um, but, you know, again, he still has a couple of months um, to change that here, even though I think it's definitely going to be a-, a-, a bit tougher. Um, than some might expect um, if you're out. That wraps up this small segment on just, you know, the cap situation and the Penguins trying to make maybe another move to get that top six winger. I talked about Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, you know, he plays mainly right wing, but, you know, he I, I think he can also play left wing as well. You, know, you can also move Raquel to left wing. He's played that before too. So even if it's Raquel, Malkin, Tarasenko, I mean, that's just um, a, a beautiful line. <laughs> to me, but um, that's that's yesterday's episode. Of course, if you haven't listened to that, you can go check that out on the YouTube page or wherever you get your podcast. Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to get to something that I saw was thrown around today um, for the Penguins to potentially create cap space, though um, I'm going to give my thoughts on why you shouldn't expect a move like this uh, to happen. So that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LRS for Penguins. So this was interesting today. I, I did not know this uh, when Frank Saravalli tweeted this. I'm going to try to find the tweet here real quick. So Saravalli says, with Captain and Resign, the Penguins are over the cap. There are options in October with um, Ty Smith, Drew O'Connor. I didn't forget to mention him. He is also waiver exempt, though my opinion, I think he's going to make the team. But he said with Kapanen's arbitration resolved, the Penguins now have a 48-hour buyout window opening in three days. Zucker, Pedersen, something to consider. Um, in my opinion, Frank, and for all of you all listening out there, it is not something to consider. There is no reason to buy out Marcus Pedersen or Jason Zucker. And I'm going to give you this suite. This comes courtesy of Mike DeFabo. So Zucker obviously is in his last year of his deal, 5.5 million cap hit. Buying him out now, so he would have a $2 million cap hit this year and then a 1.73 dead. So, yeah, okay, you save $3.5 million, but, you know, what are you going to do with that cap space? And then also, 
next year he's still on your cap for almost two million. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I, it, it doesn't. I mean, and then for Marcus Pedersen, he has three years left at his four million AAV. If you buy him out, he would have a one point three four million cap hit on the books until 2027, 2028. Yes, you heard me right. He will have that cap hit until I am checks notes um, 30 to 31 years old. I'm going to be 25 this year. That, 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 is, that is not an option. Like They are not going to buy out. Especially, you know, Patterson, even cap hit, you know, he's still one of your best defensive defensemen on this team. Why, 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 why would they even consider uh, buying him out? You know, maybe if you can, I guess, get, get a four for him in return, you know, that's fine. But if you're buying him out for the sake of losing him for nothing, that's just bad asset management because then your left side looks even weaker, you know, you're going to be thrusting who into a top four role. Is Ty Smith ready for that, even though he wasn't good in New Jersey last year? I mean, is POJ ready for that? Is, is Mark Friedman going to be that player? You know, it's just, yeah, I just, I, I very much disagree with that kind of stuff. And then again, for Zucker, you know, you know, <clears throat> sure, you, know, you save three and a half million, but he's still on your cap hit for this year and next year. And as I put on my Twitter account, um, you know, it just, you know, why, why would you, if you want to get rid of one of them, just, you know, do it via trade, get something in return, I, you know, like a top six, four, top nine, four, something like that. It, it makes absolutely no sense to have dead money on your cap for years to come, especially in Marcus Pedersen's case, if you're just trying to open up salary cap room. And in case anyone forgot, <clears throat> excuse me. Jack Johnson is still on the on this team's uh, payroll. Yes, I'm sorry I have to remind everyone, but um, I believe it is trying to make sure here. I got this right from Josh Carney. Yeah, so 1.9 million this year for Jack Johnson, 900k about in the final two years after the Penguins will be paying for that contract for the next three seasons. That is how bad. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> buyout, screw you. Yeah, it's great that the player, you know, like that is not on your team anymore, but the fact that you're still paying that player actual money to not even play for you is what really stinks because I'm sure the Penguins could be using almost $2 million in salary cap space right now. Heck, if Johnson's buyout wasn't right there, they would be cap compliant if you go to cap friendly. It'd be right around there, at least that's for sure. So, um, very much disagree with that sentiment thrown around by Frank Sarval. Yeah, sure, it's open, but do I expect the Penguins to use it? Yins? No. I would expect both Jason Zucker and Marcus Pedersen to remain the members of the Penguins after that's up. Um, if one of them is going to go, um, I expect it to be via a trade. So um, that will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Definitely a busy one, especially with Kasperi Kapan and the salary cap, what this means going forward, you know, looking at the bottom six and everything and I'm and I'm going to show share this with you all right here before I go so you all can have a nice good night's sleep on Thursday for this news late at night Friday morning when you wake up uh, from Danny Shirey at least Brock McGinn Jeff Carter Kasperi Kapan on your third line Drew O'Connor uh, Ryan Paling Teddy Bluger Josh Archibald for your fourth line
Hope you all sleep with one eye open after listening or watching me say that. Um, that is just a, it's, that's the Jurassic Park meme when, you know, Jeff Goldblum is just looking at that dinosaur's poop, <laughs> basically. And it's just like, yep, that is one big pile of you know what. So, um, again, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll do, hopefully do another one of these on Friday. As this, that will be, again, looks like the final daily episode before we switch to three a week next week. So thank you all so much for listening again. Love when you all comment on the YouTube um, page and sending me DMs and all that. If you want to keep doing that, obviously, please do. I'll try to like and respond to as many as I can. But thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk with you all on Friday.